How's everybody this morning? I want to say uh, good morning to those of you who are joining us online. So thankful that you are. You tuned in at the right time, the right place. I believe God's got something powerful for you today. And then those of you who are in this room, so happy to see your smiling faces. Um, I believe God's got something great for us today. Um, Are you expecting for God to do something good? Or are you just living life? I sure hope you're expecting God to do something good, just like Gianna was saying this morning. God is doing something powerful, and it's our expectation in God's goodness that brings even more goodness into our life. I have found this, that when I'm thankful for what God has blessed me with, I tend to see more of it in my life. If we're not thankful for the little things that we have, man, we just live a miserable life. God has blessed us with so very much. Life might not look like you want it to look, but I can tell you it looks a lot better than the enemy wants it to look for you. That's the truth right there. Because if you're a believer in Christ Jesus, God is on your side. God is on your side. The world system, you might feel like is against you. Your finances might feel like they're against you. Your kids, it might feel like they're against you. But one good thing, the most important thing is God is for you. God is for you. He'll never leave you. He's given you everything you need to live a life of abundance and favor. Now, if you just, you know, wonder what we at Celebration Church think, maybe you just happen to tune in, this is your first time. We believe that God is good. We believe that he has given us his word to empower us to live the good life that he's planned for us. So we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning. Y'all ready? Y'all ready at home? Go ahead, sit down. Those of you at home, I know you're chasing the kids around, trying to go grab your juice, whatever you're doing. God's got something good for us today. I like what we're talking about, no matter what. There's some things in life that we have to do no matter what. There's some things that we have to believe no matter what. There are just some things in life that are no matter what things. We've talked about a few of those things, joy being one of them. Joy no matter what. Does it matter our circumstances? We're going to choose to tap in to the spirit of joy on the inside of us. Because joy isn't uh, dependent on what's going on in my world. It's dependent on who's living in me. And Jesus lives in us. And he's the giver of joy. Last week, Randy talked about prayer no matter what. That we need to open our mouth and realize that when we ask God according to his will for anything, the Bible says that he hears us and he provides that for us. If we want to see change in any area of our life, We have to have a close relationship with Jesus Christ, a close relationship with God. And that comes with communion with him, us talking to him and him talking to us. Today we're going to be talking about the word, no matter what. God's word, his word, no matter what. Now before you go, oh yeah, okay, the word of God, the word of God. Listen, the word of God is a mighty weapon. I don't know that we realize what it is that God has given us in his word. It's a powerful thing. Have you ever like, you know, you watched a movie or maybe you read a good book, listened to a podcast, and then you're like talking to a friend and they're talking about maybe an issue in their life and and it jogs your memory and you're like, oh man, I just read this great book 
and it was talking about, and you list all these things that it was talking about, and then you say, you should read it because you think it'll benefit them, right? Man, you should see this movie, it's so great, because you know they'll enjoy it and maybe it'll make them grow or to give them a spark a new idea. You share what has transformed and changed your life. This is why I'm so excited I get to share on the Word of God no matter what, because it's the Word of God that has changed my life. I have peace in my heart, though the world looks chaotic, because of the Word of God. I have family who loves and serves Jesus, not because they're perfect all the time, not because they do everything right, because the Word of God. I have healthier relationships in my life, not because I'm all that and I've learned how to, you know, some kind of behavior modification and, and how to submit all the time. It's because of the Word of God in my life. Financially, you know, I'm not quite the lender yet, like the Bible says I'm supposed to be, but I'm certainly not in bondage and lack like I used to be because of the Word of God. And I'm not stopping there because I know what the Word of God has promised. The Word of God is something that will make your life better. And so I'm hoping by the end of this morning's message that you'll have such a passion to grab the Word of God and see its importance to where it transforms your marriage too where it transforms your family too, where it gives you the peace that you need too, where it changes the, the whole dynamic of your money too, because there's power in the Word of God. In John chapter 10, verse number 10, it talks about the thief, and we know that thief is Satan. In this translation, it says, the thief has only one thing in mind. Now this is talking about Satan. It says he only has one thing in mind. He wants to steal. He wants to slaughter and destroy. But Jesus says, he says, I have come to give you everything in abundance. More than you expect. Life in its fullness until you overflow. Now if Jesus came to give me the overflow life, I want to know how to get it. Right? I mean, I don't know about you, I look at this overflow life and I'm thinking, okay, I'm living a fairly amazing life, but I don't know that I would look at my current situation and say, ah, it's an overflow life. But if Jesus has promised me and you an overflow life, then I don't know about you, if he's provided it, then I want to know, how do I get it, right? Uh, if I told you this morning that, that I have $2,500 for every one of you after service, I can tell you, somebody already said, yeah, yeah. I said, if I happen to say that, all right, I'm not okay with saying that, but if I said I had $2,500 to give you after service, you would come and, and line up in front of me and you say, uh, that $2,500, how do I go about getting that? What do I have to do to obtain that thing that you said you wanted to give me, that you have available to me? God has made us so many promises, and just like this in John chapter 10, Jesus said, I came to give you a life in its fullness until you overflow. Well, I'm standing here going, okay, how do I go about getting that? Because sometimes we think, uh, uh, because we receive Jesus, that all of these promises should just be flowed out on us. I mean, I gave Jesus my life, so where's my, uh, you know, where's my debt cancellation? 
Hey, I gave Jesus my life, you know? Where's my husband that's actually got a job and he's working to pay the bills and he stepped up and he's a great, you know, man bringing me flowers every night. Where's that guy? I mean, I gave my life to Jesus. You know, why isn't my family getting along? Isn't that how it works? But just like if I were to say, hey, I have $2,500 for you and you came up and go, how do I get that? And I gave you instruction on how to receive the $2,500 I want you to have. The word of God is the same way. Jesus came to give us life, but how do I position myself to receive that? How do I position myself then to live that good life that Jesus has promised us? Sometimes we just think that that life is just going to magically appear. So then we live this Christian life for a period of time, and we don't see those things magically appear, and we think, well, this is useless. This is useless. You know, how is this working? This isn't really working for me. It's because we're not working it our part. We have a part to play. This is why it's so important for you to understand your part to play. The favor of God poured out on you, available to you. But we have to position ourselves in order to receive it. The Word of God is God's instruction manual. It's not a, a list of do's and don'ts. It's not something you read just so you can do your time and say, I read the Bible. It's an instruction manual. This is what the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 16. It says, all scripture is given by God, and is useful, this is what it's useful for, this book right here, it's useful for teaching. It's useful for showing people what is wrong in their lives. Have you ever been doing something in your life, or maybe in a, in a relationship, it just doesn't seem like it's doing like it's supposed to, or your money doesn't seem like it's, it's happening like it's supposed to, and you're like, man, what's wrong? What's wrong? What am I doing wrong? What is wrong in this, this is this manual right here is for showing people what is wrong in their lives, for correcting faults, and for teaching how to live right. Another translation says it's useful for making our lives whole again. It's useful for training us to do what is right, or training us to live God's way or teaching us how to receive that overflow life that Jesus has promised us to have, that he gave his self for to have. My grandson was over the other day, and, and uh, we, he's all into these radio control, uh, remote control cars, right? And uh, his RC cars, it's all about RC cars. It, it could be fast, it could be slow, they climb, they, whatever, okay? So we went to the store and we got him this RC motorcycle. Loved it. Brought it home, unpackaged it. You know, I'm looking at all the pieces. I grab the instruction manual. I glance over it, and then I do like we all do. I, I got this, right? I toss it. I, we got this. We plug it in, and it wasn't very long until I realized I, I don't got this, right? I had to pull out the instruction manual and try to figure out why is this not working like it was created to work? Because I had a grandson frustrated going, it's not working, it's not working. So what did I have to do? I had to pull out the instruction manual and actually read it to see what part I got wrong in order to fix it so he could enjoy it. 
I think so much of the time we do that. We like open the word of God. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got this. This Christian walk, I got this. My marriage, I got this. My finances, I got this. Only to realize we're standing there going, what is wrong? What is wrong? Realizing we don't got this. And we need more instruction. We got to get the plan. Why is this not working? It's usually not working because we haven't followed the instructions. One of the great things about the Word of God that I love so much is, is this. The Bible says that the Word of God will save or restore your soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, your emotions, your feelings. And I don't know about you, in the season of life that we're in currently, and even before COVID, to be honest with you, we find our soul tormented by so many things. Fears, frustrations, you know, why things aren't working. It's my, my job is just not working like it's supposed to. I'm not, I'm not being promoted like I need to be. Relationships feeling like they fall apart and just feeling overwhelmed and anxious with life. But the Bible says that it's the word of God that will bring restoration or satisfaction to your soul. Oh, we want to medicate it. Oh, we want to go and have, you know, a counseling session all day long to try to, you know, analyze why we are the way you are. The Word of God said it's His words that can bring life or restoration to your soul. The Bible says this in Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 12. It says, God's Word is living. It's unlike any other uh, voice. It's unlike any other uh, written thing. It's the Word of God is living. It says it's active. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. It penetrates to the point that it separates your soul from your spirit, the joints from the marrow, <clears throat> and it's able to judge. Listen to this. It's skilled in judging the heart's thoughts and intentions. Meaning this, if we let it, the Word of God will separate what is us what is our human will and our human desire, and what is God? What is his will and his desire? The word will determine, the word of God will determine if our thoughts are God thoughts or if they're just thoughts that the world system is promoting in our life. And it's so important because it's your thoughts that eventually give direction to your life. What you think about enough, you'll start doing. What you th the ways you think is the way you will eventually start behaving. So it's important the thoughts that you have and the reasonings that you have. It's important that the Word of God be able to show us His way or our way. Because the Bible says that God's way is so much higher. Remember, He's the one who wanted to provide for us that great abundant life through Jesus. So it's the Word of God that separates what is us and what is God. Sometimes that's a little bit hard to, uh, to determine. I don't know. I'm feeling this way. I wonder if it's God or if it's me. Is it God? Is it me? Is this God? Is it me? You'll never know unless you have the Word of God on the inside because it's only the Word of God that can separate that for you. We have to remember, and I know we talk about this a lot here at Celebration Church, we have to remember that we as human beings are made up of three parts. We have this outward body that you got up and you got dressed this morning. Thank you very much. Those of you at home, I don't care if you got it dressed or not. I don't got to see it. But you got up and you put your clothes on this flesh body. 
We live in a body. Then on the inside of us, we have the spirit part of us. That's the part that, that when we were received Christ Jesus, that's the part that was reborn, recreated, and filled with God himself, his spirit himself. And then we got the soul part of us. That's, where our, uh, that's what gives direction to our life. That's where your emotions are, your will is, your mind is. Uh, that's the part that, that gives direction to your life. And, and our soul has been programmed according to the world system. When you're born again, your spirit man's made new. Your body is the same as it was before you got saved right, before you were a believer in Christ Jesus. Your spirit man was made new, but that soul part of you, that's the part that the Bible says that needs to be renewed. Because your way of thinking, your processes that control your behaviors, those weren't, they, those didn't change at all when you received Christ. That soul part of you is still highly influenced by the world system, by default, by the fault of Adam and Eve's sin in the garden. So that system that's trying to, 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 to orchestrate and give direction to your life, your emotions, your will, that directive part of your life, it's still highly influenced by the world system. And until we renew it, it's always going to want to yield to the sin nature. That's why you can receive Jesus on Sunday morning, give your life to, to the Lord. Jesus, I give you full reign of my life and get out in the parking lot and be spitting mad because somebody, you know, accidentally bumped into your car and you want to flip them off or you want to tell them off or the next day at work you're still, you know, cheating and you're still doing things, you know, tempted to do all these things you know aren't Christ-like. But that sin nature part of you, that soul part of you, is highly influenced still by the world system. When the Bible talks about, you're reading through the Bible and, and the Bible talks about your heart, a lot of times it's talking about your spirit and your soul combined. So when this word says that it's the word of God that's able to determine the spirit, God-loving, full of Jesus Christ part of you, from the soul part of you that's still dominated by the thinking and the patterns of this world, says it's important that you get the word of God so it can let you know which side you're leaning to. Because if we're not cautious, they're so closely connected that, you know, these certain things that, you know, you're, you're married, but yet you're at work and you see, you know, your coworker is treating you a little nicer than your husband. So you have, I'm Jesus filled, but my thoughts are still, man, this guy's nice. He's nicer to me than my husband. Man, maybe, maybe it's God's will. I mean, God wouldn't want me to be miserable, right? He, I mean, he put this guy in my life. He's making me feel much better. How do I know? I mean, we're kind of laugh at that because, oh, you should know you're married. You shouldn't be doing that. But how do you really know if it's a God feeling or if it's not a God feeling. The only way that I know is the Word of God. The Word of God is the only thing that can split the middle and let me know, is this a God thought and a God feeling, something that can be trusted, or is this my still my unrenewed mind, my soul that's trying to give me, get me to live below the plan of God for my life? Our human thoughts and desires, this is what I know, can cloud God's thoughts and desires for us. 
Our human thoughts can cloud his thoughts unless I have the word of God. Now, Satan has been very effective in throwing thoughts at us, deceiving us into thinking they are legit thoughts and that we should act on them. This is what the Bible says. It says the unrenewed heart or soul, the unrenewed soul of a man is deceptive and has the ability to take you down the wrong path. That's why you can look at people, oh, but they're such good people. I can't believe they did that. But they're such good people. They go to church every Sunday. They're such good people. I can't believe he said that. Why? Because they're still you have your spirit part of you loves and serves God, and you have your soul part of you, who again, highly influenced by the world system. And if we don't have the word of God rightly dividing the two, we'll find ourselves doing things that's not God's promise and will for our lives. The Bible says that the, the heart of man, the, the, the soul of man is deceptive. It says in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse number nine, the heart, the word heart there, if you look it up, means your mind, your willing emotions. So it's talking about the soul part of you. It says the soul of man is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Think about this. Has your will or your way ever gotten you in trouble? Too many times. Think about that. Has my will or my way ever gotten me in trouble? Yeah, too many times. Has your emotions ever got you in trouble? Yeah, do you know why there's so much uh, violence in our world? Because the emotions of people, well, I would, have, I, I would never do that until your emotions are high enough, until someone has irritated you to the point that your emotions are raging, right? Yeah. Has your passions ever got you in trouble? Yeah. I would say yes to all those. My will, my way, my emotions, my passions, they've all gotten me into trouble. It's only the word of God that can reveal the, 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 the deception and separate the two. Honestly, as believers, we wouldn't know the difference between right and wrong unless it was for the word of God. As believers, the word of God is my moral compass. Because I can't live right, just live, in, uh, live just because things feel good or because it seems to make sense. As believers, we set a different, we live by a different standard. We live according to the word of God because we want to see the word of God and the promises of God come to pass in our life. Now, this is why the enemy fights us so hard. The enemy wants to fight us so hard because he wants to keep the advantage the enemy wants to keep the advantage. That's why he fights you so hard. That's why he fights you to keep you from the word of God. That's why when you get ready to open it, the phone rings, or you get a text message, or a good TV show comes on, or you know you get a, a, a notification that somebody just posted on your Instagram, whatever it is, kid starts crying. Why? Because the enemy wants to keep you from the word of God. Trust me, he knows the power of the word. The enemy knows the power of the word. Why does he fight you so hard to keep you out of it? Why does he want you to click off this right now? Because he knows the power of the word. It has the ability to change your life and give you the advantage. 
He's always looking for someone to take advantage of. The Bible says this. It says, control yourselves in 1 Peter 5.8. It says, be on your guard because your enemy, the devil, is like a roaring lion. He prowls around looking for someone to chew up and swallow. I like this. Because one positive thing, it says he's looking for someone to chew up and swallow, which lets me know he can't chew up and swallow everyone. So what keeps me from being the enemy's target? What keeps me from being the enemy's lunch? What keeps me from giving the enemy the advantage? It's only the Word of God. The Word of God is what keeps you from being devoured. I have this new puppy. His name is Bo. He's in that adolescent crazy state. He's always running around and stuff, okay? So, but outside, we'll be walking around, and he's sniffing around, and for some reason, there's this certain little centipede-looking thing that he'll be sniffing around, you know, nosing things, eating whatever is there, but he gets up to that, and it's almost like he sniffs it, and there's an electrical shock that happens. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it gives off a certain scent, but he'll sniff it, and it, it makes him jerk back. And then he backs way up, and he does this, like, little dance. And then he, like, runs around it, but he won't go near it. Oh, he wants to. Oh, sometimes he gets brave enough, and he tries. But again, it almost gives him, like, a little electrical shock, and he jumps back again. This is what the enemy does with you when the Word of God is living big on the inside of you. He comes, oh, he's sniffing around trying to devour something, but he gets, up, gets close to you, and there's the Word of God that repulses him. He steps back, and it jerks him back, and he's like, mm. Okay, we'll come back again. He'll circle around, circle around, get brave, come up and try it again. But when the Word of God is so effectively on the inside of you, you're undevourable. Man, the enemy's just messing with me. The enemy's just been pushing me around. I feel like the enemy's just taking everything I got. The Word of God keeps you indevourable. Oh, he'll come sniffing. Oh, he'll come trying. But it's the word of God that shoves him back. Our enemy knows this. The reason why he's keeping, trying to keep the word of God from your life, he knows. Luke 137, no word from God will ever fail. He knows if you grab the word of God and you open it and you start applying it into your life and you start operating according to it, that no word of God will ever fail. So he don't want you to have that. Romans 1.16 says the word of God is God's power. Why is the enemy trying to steal the word of God from you? Keep you uninterested. Keeping it on the shelf. Keeping, ah, it's just a big hassle to go grab it and pull it out. And, uh, just, mm. ah, it's just a religious thing everybody's trying to push me to do. Why is the enemy trying to keep you out of the word of God? Because he knows it's the power of God. If you get the word of God in you to the degree that you open your mouth and you start declaring it, you'll start commanding situations in your life to bow their knee and you'll see it happen. That's why he's trying to keep you uninterested. The Bible says the word of God is a seed. I love this about the word of God. The word of God is a seed. Acts 19, 20 says the word of the Lord, it grows mightily. And it prevails. That word prevail means it has the strength to overcome. It proves itself more powerful than any opposing force. If the enemy can keep the word out of your life, he has you under his feet. 
But if the word of God as a seed gets on the inside of you, it says it proves more powerful than any opposing force. So anything that the enemy would try to even throw at you, the word of God uh -uh, shoves it back out because it grows mightily on the inside of you. So the enemy is always looking to steal the word. He doesn't do it by force. He doesn't do it with a pitchfork and a cape. But the Bible says in Mark chapter 4, it gives the parable of the, of the sowers. It talks about you know, a sower sowing the word. It talks about a few ways the enemy steals the word. He does it through a, a lack of understanding. I mean, the enemy's not going to go through your house and take all your Bibles. Delete all your Bible programs on your, you know, technology. He's going to do it through a lack of understanding. I don't get it. You need to type. Well, I don't get it. So a lack of understanding. That's why it's so important for you to come to church. That's why it's so much so important for you to tune in to whatever we're putting out on social media or, or on YouTube. Why? Because it will give you an understanding of the word. I mean, have you ever come to church and go, oh, I never saw that. Oh, I didn't get that. Now I get it, right? And you, once you get it, okay, I can own that. I can do that. That's why the enemy wants to keep you, man, lost, a lack of understanding, yeah. trouble, persecution, it says. Keep us from, keep, lets him kill, steal, steal the word. Cares of this life, COVID, financial issues. Eh, eh. You get so distracted with everything else that he's able to come in and steal the word. And he steals it through his perverted, fear-filled thoughts. He uses thoughts to infl inflict chaos in our soul. Those tormenting thoughts, those ones that you panic over in the middle of the night. I know y'all have it because I know that's where the enemy likes to throw thoughts at me, right? In the middle of the night when you wake up and you feel like you don't have any, your defenses up yet, and it's like, ah, panic thought. What's happening with your money? Uh, you're about ready to lose your job. Uh, that thing you got in the mail. Your kids, where are they? What are they doing? Your grandkids, what is, what's going on in their life? All those panic-filled thoughts, tormenting that, th that plague you about your health, your money, your kids, your job, your age, how old you're getting, every birthday you're celebrating. And it feels normal to worry about it. Listen, you got to hear this. It feels normal to worry about it. It feels normal to worry about it, normal to be fearful about it. It means I care, right? I worry about my kids. It means I care, right? I'm a good mom. Every good mom worries about her children. It's normal. Listen, these are all satanic thoughts sent to steal the word, to keep you under and not over. We can be, we can let our soul be so overwhelmed by what we think is the right thing. But the right thing might just be the wrong thing. Now listen to that again. We can let our soul be tormented by what we think is the right thing. But the right thing might just be the wrong thing. How do you know? How do I know if I've been being tormented by the right thing or the wrong thing? How do I know if I'm obsessing over the right thing or the wrong thing? How would I know? Because Proverbs chapter 14, verse number 12 says, there's a way that seems right, feels right, seems normal. Seems like everybody else is freaked out about it. So I'm abnormal if I'm not freaked out about it, right? 
There's a way that seems right, but in the end is death. How would I know? What do I do? I'm telling you, the only way you'll know if you're stressing out over the wrong thing, the Word of God. It's the only thing that can reveal to you if you're obsessing over a Jesus thing, which is really a part of meditating and getting faith and expectation for God good, or you're obsessing over a demonic thing, which is going to bring depression, fear, anxiety, torment, uh, wrinkles, gray hair before your time. And Lord knows we all don't want any of that. So what does this process look like? Getting the word of God, allowing the word of God to separate what is you know, the world system thought by what is God. What is, how does it look for me to get the word of God that, that shows me what part is spirit and what part is just my soul being influenced by the world system and then gives me the opportunity to renew my mind or my soul so it starts thinking more like God instead of being influenced by the world system. I'm going to show you real quick before we end. What's going on in our world? Just think, think about this. What's going on in our world can bring fear and confusion. I don't know if any of y'all been there. When you find yourself fearing and confused about it, I have to allow the Word of God to separate me from the fear and confusion, and I have to choose to replace it with an expectant heart that I'm going to see good things that God is working out for me. So I'm stressed out and I'm fearful. Man, it looks like this world is falling apart. Things don't look like I wanted them to look, no matter what it is. Man, this world system looks dark. Things going on in the government, things going on in my world, things going on in my job, things going on in my family has me so stressed out and fearful. There's decisions being made beyond my control. I've prayed, I prayed, I prayed, I prayed, and still decisions are being made beyond my control. I'm freaked out. I'm stressed out. That's where I take the word of God, and I go, okay, these stressed out, freaked out feelings, do these come from God? What am I believing? What is it that I'm believing? Romans chapter 8, verse number 28 says this, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God or put God center of their life, not just he's just an accessory on Sundays. Those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. God works all things according to his good. Yeah, but it looks like what they're doing on my job, it's beyond my control, they're restructuring things, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah, but that's where you let the word of God divide your feelings that are coming from your soul, which saying, and it's going to suck for you because you're going to be tormented all the days of your life. And it's really going to, you know, they're going to fire you and then you're not going to have a job. And then you have your spirit going, yeah, but Jesus works on the inside of you and he's the life, right? So it's the word of God then that you have to go, yeah, but God promised that he works all things out for my good. So I'm letting the word of God separate me from this soul feeling that's trying to bring me under. So how would I deal with that? I would grab this scripture, me personally, how would Sharihan deal with this? 
I would grab this scripture personally, and when I'm tempted to go, oh gosh, I really hate what's going on at work, it's just not fair, I grab my attention from that soul part of me, and I place it on the Word of God that says, yeah, but God causes all things to work out for my good because I love Him and I'm called according to His purpose. Yeah, but you might get fired, and yeah, but you worked hard for that promotion, you're probably not going to get it. Yeah, but God works all things out for my good because I love God and I'm called according to His purpose. Yeah, but don't you remember what happened last year when they fired everybody and then you were at the bottom and then all your co-workers talked about you and blamed you? I know that God has worked all things out for my good because I love God and I'm called according to His purpose. Now this is what Sheree Hand would do when I'm tormented with these thoughts. The world system, the climate, politi- the climate politically, the, the things going on in our family, all this confusion, yeah, 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 okay, I get that. But all I know is God works all things out for my good. And listen, you keep doing that enough, you'll find joy, peace, faith, and expectant of good and not of evil. Now, some of this might be foreign to you, but I promise you, if you take this and work it in your life, you're going to start seeing such great joy, favor, provision, the good life that Jesus Christ came to bring. When I'm feeling overwhelmed financially because of my current financial situation, and I'm tempted to hold on to every dollar that I have, and when Andrew's getting up here going, yeah, but you need to bring your tithe, that's what the Word of God says, you're like, yeah, I got to hold on. I don't know if I'm going to have, they shut my business down, haven't been able to work for six months. I got to hold on and I, and I want to panic with every phone call I receive and I panicking on the inside and I'm frustrated on the inside and, and man, I find myself just so confused and overwhelmed. I have to grab the word of God and say, okay, Sharihan, what are you believing? Is your soul being pulled into this world system, being tormented by the influence of the world? Or are you going to allow the Word of God to separate and bring peace and life to you? The Bible says this, but remember in Deuteronomy 8.18, remember the Lord your God is the one who makes you wealthy. Can I tell you I only teach this because this is what I live? Don't think lack of finances hasn't tried to knock on my door either. Don't think the fear of lack and want hasn't knocked on my door either, because it has. But I don't open the door and say, come on in. Yeah, you're right. I'm depressed. Yeah, you're right. I'm going to lose my job. Yeah, I'm not going to have any money. Yeah. No. I stand up. I allow the Word of God to separate, to bring distinction. What I'm believing is not God. It's the world trying to influence me. It's the enemy trying to take advantage of my money. No. I have to grab what the Word of God says. Remember, it's the Lord your God is the one who gives you the power to get wealth. Not the stock market? No, who cares what the stock market does? Not the value of my home? No, who cares what the value of your home does? Not because my, you know, dad changed his inheritance and gave it all to my brother? No, it doesn't matter what the inheritance, it's not that. It is God who gives you the power to get wealth. So when I'm tempted to be freaked out, 
because they're gonna keep my business shut another month. Listen, I'm not gonna worry about that. God, your word says it is you who gives me the power to get wealth in order to establish your covenant, which you started a long time ago. And that covenant is you bless me so I can be a blessing. You start meditating on that long enough, man, you're gonna lift up your head and you're gonna go, okay, okay. God's getting ready to open new doors and new windows of influence, new windows of opportunity, new windows for resources to flow in. God has more than one way to get influence and increase and money to you. Do not limit him. You limit him because Satan is a liar and he's lying to you. The world system is lying to you. Just because the majority of people in the United States of America is freaking out because of finances right now does not mean that has to affect you. Listen, we operate according to a different kingdom. Different kingdom. The word of God, when symptoms hit your body, the test shows up and it doesn't look good for you. Let the word of God separate what is you and what is true. There's a difference. Psalms 107 says he sent his word and he healed them. Yeah, but the doctor said, Jesus said, the word of God says, he sent his word and healed them. Every time I open the word of God, it brings healing to my body. Every time I open the word of God, it brings healing to my body. Well, can't you just give me a pill for that? Every time I open the word of God, it brings healing to my body. Can't you just remove it? Every time I open the word of God, it brings healing to my body. Proverbs 4:20 says this, give attention to my words. Give attention to my words. Oh yeah, symptoms are yelling at you. The news is trying to tell you what what you should be expecting. Give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the middle of your heart. My words are life to those that find them and health, health to all their flesh. Man, I've been battling this eczema, I've been putting lotion on it. Open the, the word of God, whatever it is. The word of God, the word of God, the word of God. Before Christmas, I tested positive for COVID. I wasn't feeling great. I was sitting on my couch and I had a choice to make. The news was telling me, the news and every news channel was telling me what to expect. You better watch out. You're gonna be really short of breath. Better watch out. Better watch out better watch out. The news was telling me everything to expect. Then I had the word of God that was telling me what to expect and I had a choice to make. Where am I going to get my knowledge from? Which one am I going to believe? What decision am I going to make? Am I going to sit and I'm going to believe everything the news is going to tell me about what they say I have or am I going to believe the word of God? And I'm so thankful Ha, for the foundation of the word that was on the inside of me, because I can promise you this, what I was doing, 
laying on my couch, saying, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm the healed of the Lord. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me, gives life to every cell in my body. I can tell you, I went to bed meditating that. That constantly in my heart. The word of God is working. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in me, giving life to every cell and fiber in my body. Jesus Christ redeemed me from the curse of the law. The word of God is driving out every virus, every symptom in Jesus' name. I declare I'm healthy and whole. I declare that my body has been redeemed. I declare that was my meditation. That's what gives strength to my life. Just because it seems to make sense, just because it seems right, just because it happened that way to someone else does not mean it's God's plan for you. Listen, their story is not your story. Stop fearing, stop fearing, stop fearing. Their story is not your story. Man, I was telling Randy this the other day, man, I feel like the spirit of fear has so subtly just been under the radar. And you know what he disguises himself as? Common sense. If you're honest about it, the spirit of fear will hide itself under us oh, just common sense. Oh, there is a thing as common sense. You got to have some sense to you. But not everything that's common sense is common sense. It's fear hiding. I'm going to preach a message on that sometime. Just not today. When your kids are acting up and you find yourself anxious and worrying, because that's normal, right? It means you're a caring, loving parent, right? The Bible says in Philippians 4, 6, don't be anxious or worried about anything. But in everything, every circumstance, situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, continue to make your request to God. Don't be anxious about anything. Well, accept your kids. Accept your marriage. No. Don't be anxious about anything. So when I find myself anxious, worrying about what's going on in the life of my kids or my family or my parents or whatever's going on in the moment, I got to grab myself. I can let this word of God separate me from the world pattern of behavior. And I have to declare, I refuse to be anxious about anything. God, I cast this on you. I know that you're taking care of it. You got it all worked out. Your word says, all my children will be disciples taught by the Lord and obedient to his will. And great will be the peace of my kids. And that's what I rest in. When fear or panic tries to grip you for any reason, Allow the Word of God to do its job. Let it separate what is God and what is wrong thinking and wrong believing. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God has not given you a spirit of fear. He's given you power, love, and a sound mind. You will not go crazy. God has given you a sound mind. You're not going to stress out, freak out, lose your mind. God has given you a sound mind. Well, how do I keep that working in my life? Well, i got to find it first. And then I got to open my mouth and I got to, every time that thought comes, you're losing your mind. You're going crazy. No, God has given me a sound mind. Yeah, but you're losing your, you're losing your mind just a little bit. No, God has given me a sound mind. I walk with a sound mind. God has given me a sound mind. I have a sound mind. Did I tell you I have a sound mind? Did I tell you that my mind is so sound? Because the word of God says it. Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My perfect peace I give you. He says, don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. In the Amplified, it says, let my perfect peace calm you in every circumstance and give you courage and strength for every challenge. 
as believers, we don't live the abundant life by our feelings. I don't walk into that abundant overflow life that Jesus promised by living according to my feelings or living by my reasoning. I only obtain it by my trust and my life in the Word of God no matter what. Let's say that. Say His Word no matter what. Say it again. God's Word no matter what. Yeah, God's Word no matter what. Let's all pray. Father, I thank You for who You are. God, I thank You for Your Word that brings life to us and change to us, brings such peace to our souls and our mind. God, I ask by the Spirit of God on the inside of us that You give us such a hunger for Your Word. God, that we make on-purpose decisions and set up spiritual disciplines. God, where we faithfully open the Word, put it in our mind, our heart. God, that it saves our soul. God, that it starts renewing our mind to such a degree that this world system is not the dominant influence, but that the Word of God is the dominant influence. God, that no matter what situation or circumstance might arise and show its head, it doesn't move us or shake us because we believe, trust, and commit to your word no matter what. God, I speak peace. I speak life. I speak, God, a great hunger. God, a greater understanding when we open your word. God, a greater awareness of the enemy trying to steal it, that we can stand against it in Jesus' name. That we're not just opening the door and allowing him in. But God, that we're able to recognize his tactics, that we can stand in the power and the authority that you've given us through Jesus Christ. God, we give you thanks for that. I speak peace, wholeness, and life to everyone under the sound of my voice in Jesus' name. Hey, maybe you're in this room or maybe there's those of you who are watching online Maybe you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. I can tell you, God loves you so much. He sent Jesus to give his life in exchange for yours, and that's a powerful thing. And then he gives us his word that we can just live by and walk in the abundance of God and have a weapon to use anytime. Man, the enemy tries to put something on us or try to attack us. We use the word of God. If you want to receive Jesus this morning, we're just going to pray this prayer in this room. They're going to pray. I believe those of you who want to receive Jesus at home, let's just all pray this together. Father God, thank you for your love for us. I open up my heart to you. I can't live this life on my own. So today, I call on Jesus. Bring change to my life. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, there, those of you online right now, make sure you hold tight. We're going to sing a verse of this song. I promise only 90 more seconds and you can click off and go about your day. Those of you in this room, can we all stand? Man, if there's some, some adjustments maybe in your heart, maybe, you know, fresh commitments you need to make, I just ask as this song is, is being sung over you, that you just receive it. Let God do what he needs to do in you today. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with a message of Jesus. 